on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. People like to show what what you can do. Like, oh, like, can you track your calories perfectly and like eat Twinkies and crap and lose weight? You can, but it's not good for you. It's not good. And yeah, you're not going to feel good. And I'd like to see your other bio markers. Calories and macros are really just a good way of judging portion. But Again, don't you absolutely over focusing on it will end you in a really bad place, like you said. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, which is a food blog and Instagram. And of course, this podcast, we talk all about health and wellness and nutrition, mental health. We cover it all. Basically, my prerogative with this podcast is to give you the best information so that you can feel good in your body so that you can live a long, healthy life. On today's episode, I am joined by Amanda Meixner, or better known as Meow Mike on Instagram. If you do not follow her, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to her Instagram. Definitely go check out her page. She is one of my favorite follows on Instagram. I'm looking at it literally right now. She just has so many tips, tricks, hacks, just ways to make healthier eating more accessible and easy. And she really breaks it down. I'm a very visual person and she shows, I mean, right now I'm looking at something, um, a build your own snack and there's four different snack options. There's photos and she really breaks it down and shows you how to build a healthy snack. It's really great. Um, just great information. And she was such, just such a great guest to have on. We cover so many topics in this conversation. I just really, really enjoyed this conversation a lot. And I think it will be super helpful for anyone who is struggling to eat healthier. She gives great tips for meal prepping. She gives advice for someone who's trying to lose weight. She shares with us her favorite healthy snacks, her favorite food hacks. We talk about calorie counting. We talk about fast food actually being more expensive than cooking at home juicing versus blending, and so much more. Before I get to the question, I just have a little disclaimer. As always, these answers in this podcast are just for educational and informational purposes only. I am an integrative nutritionist, but I'm not a doctor. And I don't know you personally. I don't know what's going on in your body. So just know that this information on this podcast is not a sub for individual medical or mental health advice, and it doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor first. So as you guys know, I've been talking about sugar a lot on my podcast as well as on my Instagram, and I've been getting a lot of questions about where you can find sugar and how to spot sugar on ingredient lists. So this is today's question. How do you find hidden sugars on the ingredient label? Surprisingly enough, well, this shouldn't be surprising at all, actually, but companies are aware that people are trying to limit the amount of sugar that they eat and they're trying to eat less of it. So companies are getting sneakier and more deceptive with their ingredient labels because they don't want people to know that there are a lot of sugars in their product. When you look at an ingredient label, the first, so it goes in the order of how much something is in, uh, in that product. So for example, if the number one ingredient in the ingredient list is sugar. That means that this product has more sugar than anything else in that food. So what companies do now uh, to make it look like they have less sugar in the product is that they use a lot of different types of sugars and they hide them under other names that people may not even recognize is sugar. And so this is why oftentimes when you look at a label, you will see different forms of sugar. So it will say cane sugar. It will also say molasses. It'll say brown sugar. And you'll look at the label and you'll be like, okay, there's three different types of sugar in this food product. And so first of all, there's a lot of different places that they hide sugar. Um, Cereal, oatmeal, snack bars like granola bars, packaged breads, and this is including whole grain kinds, lower calorie drinks like coffee, energy drinks, blended juices and teas, protein bars and meal replacement bars. Yogurt is a huge offender. Frozen waffles and pancakes. Sauces are also a big offender. So like dressings, condiments, marinades, like tomato sauce, ketchup, et cetera. Dried fruit. Oftentimes, like if you look at banana chips, they are usually sweetened with sugar after that, which is ridiculous because banana chips are sweet enough on their own. 
and a lot of restaurant foods where they put a lot of sugar and sauces, et cetera. But that one's going to be harder to control. You won't really be able to read the ing- the ingredient list. So I'm not going to be able to go over the entire list of sugars that are hidden just because they're, I'm looking at a website right now and there are 56 different names that sugar can be hiding under. So I'm going to leave that in the show notes so you guys can look and start getting accustomed to these. So I'm going to go through this list and name off some of the biggest offenders that you probably see a lot on ingredient lists. Dextrose, fructose, glucose, maltose, sucrose, beet sugar, cane juice crystals, glucose syrup solids, grape sugar, maltodextrin, which doesn't sound like a sugar at all, barley malt, evaporated cane juice is just what it is. It's a syrup, basically. Fruit juice concentrate. This is also boiled down into a syrup. Invert sugar and sorghum syrup. You know what? I'm just going to read all 56 names off. Dextrose, fructose, galactose, fuck, where am I? Fruit juice, fruit juice concentrate, golden syrup, high fructose corn syrup, honey, invert sugar, malt syrup, molasses, rice, rice syrup, refiner syrup, sorghum syrup, and treacle. Fuck. It's a lot of sugar. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. You too. Amanda and I uh, met recently, not even in person, but on an Instagram live that we did together, which was so much fun. I want to do more of those. Absolutely. It's funny, but I, I think of you when I see Celeste Thomas. So I, <laughs> you guys are like besties, which is fun to hang out. I mean, there's so many great people in the wellness space, as you know. Yeah. Oh, I love Celeste. We actually, I have, I've had her on the podcast now three times. People love her. She's so good with skincare. She's great. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, like you said, one of my best friends, I love her so much. Um, well, why don't you, for anyone listening, that's not aware of your Instagram, why don't you give everyone, everyone a little bit of a background on you and what you do and your Instagram? I love it so much, by the way. Thank so you. Good. I mean, I, I love Instagram, obviously. So it's really interesting. Obviously you see where it is now, but back in the day, I started on Instagram more in the meal prep community. So meal prep was a new thing. You know, people were doing it for work and it was kind of new to the more general health space because when back in the day when you thought of meal prepping, you thought of like a bodybuilder or, you know, like super health nut or something, not something that someone who works nine to five maybe does all the time. So I started getting into that and showing like my rainbow vegetables and food and, you know, delicious, colorful food and how I ate healthy and how I meal prepped every Sunday for five days of work every week, nine to five. So that was kind of how I started on Instagram. And then it kind of snowballed into this thing of really showing why I choose certain foods, showing what more nutritious foods look like. So that's nutrition graphics or even healthy food swaps which, you know, I think get a kind of a bad stigma in today, you know, like people are trying to steer away from like good and bad food, which I'm all for. But just yeah. knowing there are nutritious swaps you can make, you can upgrade your food. And that's kind of how it started to develop into the these more of these nutrition graphics that you see today. So now it's very like heavy on the graphics, food facts, simple, healthy recipes, I'm, now that I've gotten older, though, I'm I'm trying to be a little bit more like you and do, you know, have more fun with it. Do some homemade mac and cheese and, you know, remake some of those classics. So, yeah, it's just it's been a great journey. And I think the food community on Instagram is amazing, as you as you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I really I love your page for that because I feel like people can go to your page and um it's really valuable. You can get a lot of a lot of really amazing information about nutrients and why you would want to choose some food over the other, which I love you brought up this point of good versus bad because it's not when you're when we're striving for true health, it's not necessarily about good or bad, but it's like what what am I going to choose right now that's going to make me feel really good in my body and what's going to actually nourish my cells and 
um, put me on that track where, you know, I, I feel like hopefully most of us are trying to better our health and trying to um, feel better in our bodies. And it's about finding that balance of food that tastes good, but also what's actually really good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know if you can kind of, you know, relate to this. I bet you can is finding balance can also be hard because sometimes we live in such extremes and society lives in such extremes. So you're either super healthy or you're, you're just the free for all, you know, free spirit, I eat whatever I want. And really, you know, where the work gets done is in the middle and finding that balance. And I actually used to have an eating disorder in high school. So I've definitely Mm -hmm. been there. I had um, anorexia and, you know, I made a full recovery. I'm so thankful for professionals like therapists and nutritionists. But, you know, after that, it was really learning what, what food fuels my body, what food nourishes my body. And then also, yeah, like mac and cheese and pizza and some of that food, you can absolutely find ways to incorporate that and, and not, you know, break the bank in terms of depleting your nutrients. Yes. I love that. I do this a lot on my Instagram. It's all about the ingredients. It's not about vilifying any specific food. If you want pizza and look, if if you want pizza and you want a little Caesars hot and ready, I'm not going to judge you. You do you. But like, if we're, we're, if we're looking at it from a health standpoint and nourishing the cells, if you want pizza, go to the grocery store, buy an organic sauce, organic cheese, organic pepperonis, whatever your favorite toppings are and make it at home. I think that's genius. It, you know, it was funny the other week and they have, you know, the, the healthier versions of box mac and cheese right now, you know, they have, you know, the name brand, the healthier versions. Yes. And then, but my friend messaged me and she was like, I've, I've never had box mac and cheese growing up. Like even the healthier, that does not appeal to me. Like I, cause it's simple. I know you do it. It's kind of, it's just pasta and just get some good cheese and you throw it in a sauce with yeah maybe butter and milk. And and I was like, wow, she never even had it boxed. So she doesn't even care about these these healthier box versions. She just makes it herself. And I was Love like, that. that I mean, that's even better. I obviously partially got the box one because I do have the nostalgia of being a kid and you got the box and it's so easy. But I also think it's funny. I'm like, it's not that much easier than throwing cheese and butter with pasta. Exactly. I was like, it's just the, the packaging. And it's like that, you know, even the healthier versions, I'm like, okay, that dried cheese is that, why don't I just get real cheese? So (laughs) it is really interesting to think about those things. Yeah. And it tastes so much better. And I feel like boxed mac and cheese is a perfect example of, for example, like macaroni and cheese and, you know, cheese and pasta, when you break it down the ingredients, those foods are not inherently bad for us. It's what has been done to them in the processing of um, when we do, you know, when you think about the box macaroni and cheese and you get the powdered mac and cheese or Velveeta, where it's basically just like plastic that you pour out of that little like oh aluminum pouch. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What is it? They really also, good. the, the, um, craft singles I know are one of them is like 41% cheese or something. They can't even call it cheese. They have to call it cheese product because there's not so enough gross. cheese in the cheese. <laughs> Um, so stuff like that's crazy. Yeah. And I know you're all about that. And I mean, I honestly, there's a difference. I feel difference when getting like a high quality pizza or making your own pizza and then getting something super greasy from Domino's, which like you said, like sure, treat yourself, but literally I feel crappier. And in my opinion, these other versions taste better to me once you retrain your palate, really. Yes. And that is a key point to all of this is that I have found the old or the, you know, the more that I eat these healthier versions of foods, I don't crave those other ones anymore. Like I did, like when I was in college, I would eat at Taco Bell all the time. I loved it. And now my palate has totally changed. And to be honest, that kind of food kind of grosses me out now. And I also remember I equate eating those foods with feeling really bad later. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, is it really worth it? Not for me you know, and no shame for anyone listening. If, if it is, that's totally cool. You know, like you have free will to do whatever you want with your body. But I just, um, I always like to move through the world. And when I'm making my food choices to be like, how am I going to feel after I eat this? Mm. That stops me from eating so many things. So I'm, you know, and, and I think that's a good thing about getting healthy and being in tune with your body. If you're really in tune your body's going to stop you. I mean, I can't even, like yeah. even Indian food. I love Indian food. And if I, I have to order the the chicken with less sauce on it, the sauce like upsets my so stomach. Heavy. But that's that's how fast food and those 
you know, heavy restaurant foods can be. And it just doesn't keep me coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about the anti-diet culture, because I'm, I'm assuming that you probably get um, maybe some flack from them because you post a lot about the calories and eat this and not that kind of thing. And I want to talk about it a little bit. So I feel like sometimes the anti-diet culture can sound like they're vilifying losing weight. And I believe that we can teach people to love their bodies no matter where they are in their health journey while also encouraging healthy lifestyle changes. And I think we need to, I, I don't like diet culture and I'm fully for this movement. I think we need to take it down. But what I would love to see is we replace it with an emphasis on nourishing the body with real food, exercise as a form of self-love and care, and then over an overall goal of just feeling good in the body, like I said before. Um, do you have thoughts on this? Also, do you get a lot of hate on your Instagram regarding this? I think, first of all, that's so well said. And I absolutely agree with everything you said. And I think, Thank again, it, it starts from living in the extremes. Like, And that's why it's true. Like, We can take some good from the anti-diet movement. There absolutely is some good there. There's so many crappy products out there, Fit Tea, that the Kardashians Ugh. market, um, yeah. all of those like get, you know, lose weight quick and people are being held more accountable to their messaging. I think that's great, but you're right. Then they take it so far and I get a little bit of pushback. It's not as crazy because I really choose my words and, you know, try to really show again, like less nutritious, more nutritious. So I don't get as much hate as I probably could because yeah. I am, I know how to speak to that a little bit more. But yeah, I just think we need to live more in the nuance. Like you said, like just because, you know, you want to be anti-diet doesn't mean we can't talk about nourishing foods. You know, to me, it's taking it too far when they're like, all foods are the same. You know, when they compare, this part frustrates me. It's like you compare a Snickers to a banana and you're like, food is food. And I'm like, that's fine. It's Mm. food. But one is way more nourishing. One is way more natural. Um, Another new one is you know, manipulating the word chemical. And I and I saw a post that was comparing Twizzlers to a strawberry and then it, it broke down the strawberry chemically. And I'm like, that's not the point of the chemical argument, okay? And so, yeah. again, it's you so should- It's so misleading when they do it's that. It's so, so misleading. It, uh, it makes me, me so nuts. angry. <laughs> me too. But, um, you know, again, it's, I understand like encouraging like, God, you shouldn't have, oh my God, I'm I'm so afraid I'm going to die if I eat this Twizzler. Like, that's not a healthy place to be. You yeah. know, maybe you're on a road trip and I've been like, you're on a road trip, you stop at the gas station and there's like almost no healthy choices. And maybe it's candy or candied almonds are your best choice. Like, please eat some food. So yes. yeah, we should take away some of the fear, but then we shouldn't take it so far as to act like all foods are the same. I think the other thing I see, and I don't know if you see this too, is people like to call out like, okay, well, you're not catering to someone who has an eating disorder. And and I'm like, well, I think it's great that we always use language that's I- inclusive. When Like yeah. right when I was having my eating disorder, yeah, maybe if I saw calories on something or I saw a comparison, maybe at that stage, I wouldn't want to see that. But then my page is not for you or like this is not the stage and you should follow accounts that are specifically directed towards binge eating disorder right yeah, um so i also think that's a, that's a that's where the wa- the waters get like muddied a little bit is like acting like we have to cater to every single person and it's just not possible if you're trying yeah. to provide helpful information even if you're reaching a large audience you could cater to a very large audience but it's not for everyone you know yeah, it, that's so true. And that can be applied to pretty much almost anything in life. It's kind of like you take what helps you and then leave the rest. And then if the page is, let's say, too triggering for you, then you leave the page, you know? Absolutely. Because that's what's so funny about the internet, especially on Instagram, is that, you know, it, I find that every single individual is expecting you to cater to every single individual need of theirs. And like you said, it is literally not possible. And then for someone like me, where I'm like, I care so much. I'm literally in this profession because I want to help as many people as I can. So then I get to this point where I'm like, oh my God, it's too much to like, (laughs) I have to think about this, that, and that, and then that. And it's because I care. But then at a certain point, you just have to be like, look, take what apply to you, what works for you and your lifestyle, and then just leave the rest, you know? Absolutely. I know. I love there was a TikTok where it, you know, kind of makes fun of this culture. And it's like, 
someone posting, well, I love apples. And like, what about oranges? Oh, that means you hate bananas? It's like, no, I just said I love apples. I mean, bananas are great. <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's so the point we're at, which is a little, it can't be a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. Or like my favorite is when, yeah, it's similar to the like apples and then what about oranges scenario where you'll write out like a whole caption and then someone um, in like they assume that you're saying something else that you didn't even say at all just because you left out a certain portion of something. And at, at a certain point, it's just like, I only have so many letters that I can put in this caption and I can't think about every single scenario. And just because I said this one thing doesn't even mean that I'm even I- implying anything about like, it, just because I talked about apples doesn't mean I'm implying anything about oranges. Like we didn't even mention oranges. <laughs> Social media is crazy. Like, there's no question for sure. But yeah, I agree. Like, at the end of the day, I think we need to get back into the middle, back into the balance. And and yes, not all food is the same nutrition-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And then, in, so, and we can hold space for both of that, right? Like, I'm of the mind that we can say, like, okay, there are foods that are really good and nourishing for the body. And then there are foods that are, like, you know, I mean, call them like party foods where it's like, okay, you're really drunk with your friends one night and you just really want that Taco Bell or whatever it is. It's not going to nourish your body, but it's going to nourish your soul, you know, if you want it. And it's kind of like, like you said, we're, we're getting so like black and white with everything. And we need to kind of zoom out and be like, Hey, you know what? I love to take the application of 80, 20, where 80% of the time, Um, I make my food from scratch. I make sure that I buy all organic when I can, when I can afford it, when I can find it. And then the other 20%, I'm, you know, having margaritas and chips and guac at a Mexican food restaurant with my friends because I also want to live my life. I love that you call it party foods because I call it fun (laughs) foods, but party foods sounds way cooler. (laughs) I want to go to your party. No, but it it totally makes sense. And I think, honestly, that 80-20 mindset is is what I recommend to mostly everyone. And it's funny because someone asked me, I shared a post, like I have a post kind of like a visual for that. And they were like, well, is it like an exact math equation? Like, do I calculate like... (laughs) 80. And I was like, no, 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 it's just a general mindset, like a general guideline. But yeah, it's one of the the best things you can do in life. I know it's, it is, I love the place I'm, I'm at with food now because yeah, even having some pizza or mac and cheese, honestly, used to stress me out a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. And now I'm in a much better place with that. And for anyone that's struggling, who struggles to eat some of the party foods, fun foods, I would say just start trying some and like, like you have, you have some and you notice nothing happens to you. You're fine. You know, exactly. and if you, if you get the better versions too, you also notice that you actually don't even feel bad because you're getting the better quality versions and the winds all around. <laughs> yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And I will say what we were saying earlier, um, I personally, um, and this is not to shame anyone that that does this, but just so people get a real um, look into exactly how, how I eat now with my 80-20, you won't find me at like McDonald's or Taco Bell late at night. If I want that kind of stuff, I always have on hand like organic cheese, tortillas, um, beans, and I'll make my own little concoction when I come home late at night or whatever kind of thing. Because like I said earlier, for me... Um, I am more focused on the health and nourishing side of things, but I want it to also be fun. So I want to have those like fun party foods, but also not wake up the next day and just feel like hell. But that's the way I do it personally. And I also feel like too, um, when you consistently find yourself eating those foods more and more, you'll crave them more. And overall with health, it's more about consistency. So if you do have that like pizza or whatever, and you're feeling kind of bad about it, just remind yourself that it's about the every single day choices, not the one that you quote unquote messed up on. But I don't even like to say you messed up because in my mind, it's like, you're just living your life. Absolutely. And, and no, it's a great reminder that the 80, 20% is going to be different for everyone. So yeah, you know what their 80% looks like and their 20% is in and out, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe that's for them, but we're doing more homemade versions. I know I forget that because I sent, I was like really excited about these. Like I, I don't buy too much, yeah, like highly processed stuff. So I'll get like healthier processed things. And I made, I made these like protein waffles and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like sending my friend 
pictures and he's like he's like that's your like 20 he's like that's he's like what about the real deal i'm like this is delicious to me okay like i eat whole foods most of the time so like some processed protein waffles is delicious to me um so yeah it's just really different for everyone and yeah like because you know you i have some friends who love like halo top and rather eat that whole low calorie pint where i hear other people like they rather get the very satisfying filling ice cream so like just find what works for you as long as you're feeling good and you know you're hitting your goals which doesn't have to be physical just you know maybe mental and all that then um then you're in a good place I have a really exciting announcement about Paragon Vitamins. If you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that they are a founding sponsor and they're also vitamins that I have been taking personally for over a year now and I cannot speak highly enough about them. They are rebranding. The new name is called Honed and they completely changed their website. By the time you're listening to this, it will be live. So as of June 1st, it is live. Everything else is going to be the same, but the branding reflects them more and better as a company. It's so beautiful, and I think the name is so perfect for what they're doing. If you're unaware of Paragon or Honed, uh, they do personalized, bio-individualized vitamins for you. So you send in a little sample of your hair. They send you back a full detailed report of exactly what vitamins and minerals you need. And then they provide you with those vitamins and minerals based on what's going on in your body. So now you can go to livehoned.com and use my 15% off code, which is realfood15. Again, it's livehoned, which is H-O-N-E-D.com. So while we're kind of on the topic, um, do you have advice for someone listening who's trying to lose weight in a healthy way? So maybe like simple healthy habits that they can start doing now that will help them on their journey? Absolutely. So number one, start upping your vegetable intake. That That is filling. It's high in fiber, high in nutrients. And most of the time, they're low calorie. And I would say on that, I mean, obviously, don't be afraid to include some starchy vegetables. But when it comes to losing weight, you really want to do non-starchy vegetables in terms of like free volume, like go for it. Um, so that's one. Number two, this is actually a really easy hack, is to stop drinking your calories for the most part. So mm. um, like cut out sodas or swap to like Zevia or Olipop, low calorie stuff. Um, yeah, cut out sugary drinks. I still do protein shakes, but really people who are on soda, that swap alone can have you lose a lot of weight and then start upping your water because you're going to feel good. You may even notice you're not as hungry. So that would be my tip number two. And then number three, I would say the first macronutrient to pay more attention to would be protein because that's really filling. You know, obviously you can, if you're plant-based, you can look up plant proteins to pay attention to. Um, but really fill your plate with a very filling and, you know, protein, plant protein, animal protein, either way. And then I guess one last one, um, number four is just start eating more whole foods and like limit those, those processed foods, because those are way easier to overconsume. But this is not, like yeah. you said, this is not all or nothing. Don't do zero processed foods, but just start to up your whole foods. I love that. And I would even add one more and say, um, add in more good, healthy fats like avocado, yes. grass fed butter, if you eat butter, um, and cook with, you know, like avocado oil and use olive oil. Olive oil is a great one. Absolutely. No, I mean, healthy fats are key. Um, they make the meal so much more delicious too. Yeah. And yeah, that's a big mistake people make. So thank you for adding that one. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And I've found too, um, cause you know, sugar is a really big one in this conversation and the more healthy fats that I consume, the less that I find myself craving sugar. Right. So it helps a lot. No, and, I, and I think another thing for people with sweet cravings is yeah, switch to fruit, like eat more fruit. Yeah. Um, there are also lower sugar fruits that won't spike your insulin as much. So that can help like berries. Berries are a great one. But then again, again, if you're, if you find yourself eating lots of candy, eating fruit any day is much better. And, you know, if you got the water in the fruit, that'll get you hydrated. You have the fiber, vitamins, minerals. So fruit's a winner. I feel like, I feel like people get scared of fruit too, with a little bit of fear around carbs, which there is some in terms of, I don't think there should be a fear. Obviously being high, high carb isn't for everyone, but 
Keto really isn't for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would honestly, I would argue any specific diet isn't for everyone. We're also bio individual. It's really about finding what works for you and your lifestyle. Um, also, if you have any sort of food allergies, that's going to play a huge role. And it's all about kind of um, having a little like science experiment with your own body and figuring out exactly what works best for you. Absolutely. No, it's great advice right there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so do, I'm curious and let me know if, I don't know if this is like a personal question, but do you calorie count? I don't anymore. And by the way, you don't, you can ask me any questions. Okay, so. cool. <laughs> um, I do not personally calorie count now, but I used to calorie and macro count. And I found if you do it temporarily and it can help you, but the whole goal is you're not supposed to be doing it all the time. You're not supposed to be yeah. doing it long-term because yes, that's how, you can get into an eating disorder. And if you feel like you're at risk or becoming obsessive, I would say, please stop. But yes. it's it's a nice way to gauge your portion if you can have a healthy relationship with that. Um, but also making sure you're focusing on whole foods because that's the other thing because people over-focus on calories. I remember talking to a girlfriend, and I feel like women tend to do this more, Um we we become we become obsessed, especially when I was younger, like everything low calorie, like you got to pick the lowest calorie option if you're a female. And she told me when she went on her first diet, she was only buying packaged foods because that was the only thing with calories on it. Right. I mean, now we have God. my fitness pal and stuff, but like, that's crazy. Like you're probably doing the opposite of what you should be doing for your health just because the packaging has the calories already on there. It's, I know that's wild. It that that makes me so sad because I think about it like if you have two options in front of you and let's say I don't even know if they make these anymore but I always use this as an example those little bags of the mini Oreos and I think it's like 100 calories worth of Oreos or you have a you know a handful of almonds in front of you that happens to be 200 calories you're gonna want to pick the real food because ultimately at this point it's about the quality of the food not the calories. And when you're trying to lose weight, there is a calorie component in there, but I think there's way, way, way too much focus on calories because if you're just focusing on eating whole real foods and you're cutting out all those processed foods and the sodas, you're going to naturally lose weight regardless and you're going to be nourishing your cells. And also on top of that, if you were to choose these 100 calorie Oreos over, you know, like 200 calories worth of almonds, you're going to find yourself way hungrier in like 30 minutes, an hour. And then you're just going to continue munching where if you had those almonds, they're going to keep you full and satisfied for way longer. Absolutely. Not, not all calories are created equal and we should yes. not be overly focused, focused on calories. And there's, yeah, there's so many things that food does in your body. Like there's the thermic effect of food. Um, they even showed in a study when when participants ate what they considered like a whole food sandwich, so versus like a more processed sandwich, so like whole wheat, you know, better cheese, better meat versus like the very processed stuff. Yeah. The participants that ate the whole food sandwich actually ended up burning like it wasn't as many calories as the more processed sandwich because of the way our body processes it, which is crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it makes sense because it's yeah. your body's recognizing those ingredients as real food versus, you know, something that's created by a food scientist to be really highly addictive so that you eat more of it. Your body's not going to recognize all those weird ingredients in there. Absolutely. And I think we've gotten, we, we've gotten this weird place where people like to show what, what you can do. Like, oh, like, can you track your calories perfectly and like eat Twinkies and crap and lose weight? You can, but it's not good for you. It's not good. And yeah, you're not going to feel good. And I'd you're like to see your terrible. other bio markers. So I think people get obsessed with that. But um, calories and macros are really just a good way of judging portion. But again, don't absolutely over-focusing on it will end you in a really bad place, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you said, too, for people that, you know, have any sort of history of disordered eating or they see it going into that place, please don't do it. You know, it's not worth your mental health. And um, if you can if you can shift your focus on just trying to eat more whole real foods, everything's going to kind of fall into line. You know, like I've found, at least for me personally, what happened in my own life is when I stopped focusing so much about um, the food and the calories and all that, and I was just more focused on the nutrient density of my foods. 
everything else kind of just fell into place. You know, I had more energy. Um, I shed some weight naturally that I wasn't even trying to. And because, you know, your body, if you're nourishing your body in a way that it's asking for, um, you're going to hit a homeostasis where your body likes to be. And I want to remind everyone too, this is going to look different for everyone, you know, because it's dependent on height, age, bone density. And this is where this component comes in where we should embrace individuality in that. And, and this is what I love about the body positivity movement is that not he- healthy bodies don't all look the same. You know, they're going to look different for me and for you and for everyone else. No, totally. And, and, and I agree with you, like eating whole foods to me is the number one important goal, um, calories and stuff. It's just, you know, it, it's helpful for some people, but it's harmful for others. So don't get too caught up in that. Yeah. And you're so good, like I said, um, at showing really good examples on your Instagram. So for everyone listening who's maybe uh, new to this and they're trying to navigate all this, definitely go check out her Instagram because you have a lot of really good tips and hacks. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason sometimes I do show calories on some of those posts just to show you like, wow, look at this highly processed food or this very calorie dense food. And you can eat so much of these whole foods for, you know, what would equal the amount of a Chipotle burrito and a Coke, which, you know, every now and then, no big deal. But if you're having that every other day, that's going to put you in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think you one time did a comparison of, it was like a, maybe like a fast food meal and it had a burger, fries and a Coke. And then you compared that to, you know, eating, I think it was maybe even a whole day's worth of food. It was an entire day's worth of food. (laughs) I mean, and that's what soda will just, you know, will just absolutely kill you. Because, yeah, there's even now if you go treat yourself to a burger and maybe a more reasonable size fries. But, yeah, if you're getting getting a bigger size fries, you're getting the uh, burger and the Coke, the calories in that is is wild. (laughs) And that's like you said, what's going to put you over the edge. And, you know, I find this irony in that, you know, we're, we think that fast food is going to be faster and cheaper. And actually I saw this on your page too, where you lined it up and you said like, um, you know, we don't even factor in that you're going to wait in line. You have to drive there. And, you know, that's going to be like 15, 20 minutes, depending on how far away it is from you. And then versus you making a meal at home that you're like, I made this in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I think that's why, one, stocking your fridge is so important. And two, having like quick, healthy meals, like we don't need to always make it complicated or, you know, sometimes it's nice to really go out all out on the spices or try something fancier, but get back to the basics or have a a meal you can make in 10 minutes. I I love eggs for that reason. Eggs, you throw some veggies and, you know, you get some sprouted or whole wheat toast. You're good to go. That's so quick. So good. Yeah. And, you know, I was really shocked. So me and my podcast producer, we started a little series on my podcast called Organic for Everyone. And what we've been doing is um, we haven't been buying, we've been like going online basically to see exactly how much it would be to order, let's say like a, a a family of four meal at like Taco Bell, for example. And we see the entire cost of it, you know, with the drinks and whatever. And then he and I go to the grocery store. We buy all the organics or all the ingredients to make it organically at home. And you know what? So far, every single one we have done has been cheaper to make at home than it has been to buy from fast food places. Absolutely. There's so many budget-friendly grocery stores or budget-friendly options. I think there's just the education and time piece there that I think people yeah. lose. And but it really is cheaper to make it yourself at home. And, you know, you can look up there's like I know bananas, potatoes, eggs, you know, canned tuna. Those are some of the foods that are super budget friendly. And I mean, I've I've done that before. I did like a budget meal prep. And first of all, I, I will say the grocery store you shop at makes a huge difference. Like, yeah, Whole Foods. I love Whole Foods so much, but there's no way around it costing more. But if you go, you know, Trader Joe's is way more affordable. I think Ralph's, Ralph's, I'm not sure. Ralph's is in Los Angeles and where I'm at, at they have Kroger. So stuff like that, a lot more affordable and, yeah. you know, buy organic or even shop the Clean 15, Dirty Dozen or yep. or get Whole Foods until you can afford organic. Either way, I, I think if most of America was eating fruits and vegetables and you know, whole foods, we would have way less a problem with organic or not, you know? So it's very, very true. 
Yeah. And you brought up a really great component of it. And that's actually part of our segment is that we go to, um, we try to make it as accessible as possible. We go to grocery stores that pretty much everyone has, not just, you know, Whole Foods and whatever, that way to make it more accessible. You know, another great one too, if you have um, a bigger family is Costco has a ton of really healthy options. Oh, yes. Yes. It's just tricky if you're single and alone like me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my dad loves Costco. He's like, can I, can you come with me to Costco? I'm like, I it doesn't, yeah, I don't have kids yet. And maybe once I have kids, I'll truly understand the love of Costco. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many things you can grab at the store. And I mean, I don't love that the rotisserie chicken is obviously sitting in that plastic, but I'm like a rotisserie yeah. chicken and you get some vegetables. Like that's still just so much healthier uh, than going to many of these fast food places. Yeah. it's a great point too. So what are some tips and tricks that you have for people for meal prepping? And maybe um, for anyone that is new to meal prepping, has never done it before, um, a little conversation in defense of why you would want to do it. Yes. So first of all, we're all busy. Even if you work from home, you know, it's so quick. And so if you could just prep a little bit in advance, it doesn't have to be every single meal. In fact, especially if you're at home, it's probably super unnecessary, but you know, prepping some of the ingredients in advance, prepping just lunches in advance will save you so much time. I'm I'm sure people listening can relate to when it's lunchtime and they have a bunch of meetings and, you know, then they just want to grab the snacks they have because they have nothing prepped and it's just, you know, it's going to take them a little bit longer to make lunch. That's why I'm all about meal prepping. And there's so many different yeah. ways to do it. You can do more like what I call buffet style where you like meal prep a bunch of ingredients like potatoes or meat, you know, kind of do it that way or like really prep meals. So maybe you do your lunches for your for the week. You know, I love my salad jars. I post salad jars all the yes. time love because them. because it's well, first of all, it is so pretty, but it's it's really practical. The way you stack the ingredients from wettest on bottom to driest on top keeps it fresh for like up to five days and you don't have that soggy salad problem when you try to make it in advance with not using that method. So that's one of my go-tos. And that's kind of like a good place to start. And then some other things that I find make it easier is maybe investing in the right tools for meal prepping. So whether that's having the containers ready to go, because I mean, that would suck. You make all this food and you don't have the right containers for them. Getting things that make cooking more fun, easier and enjoyable. So for me, I have an egg cooker it's that, that I love that egg cooker because the eggs come out easy to peel every single time. Like even when I boil it myself, I don't I can't and I do the ice bath trick. It doesn't work the same with my egg cooker. They're super cheap on Amazon. Oh, I might have to get one. Oh, you should check it out there. Yeah, you'll to. like it because also like you really don't have to think about it. You fill up this little like water thing. You put it in there. You plug it in. You poke some holes and it automatically goes off and don't go to time anything. Super worth it. Um, And then things like, you know, a spiralizer or an instant pot or a crock pot. And you don't need all these things. It's more like, you know, look up what's kind of exciting to you. And then that kind of gets you cooking itself. You know, I I see so many people, they get the air fryer and they're so excited about it. And they just start using the crap out of it. So, you know, find a couple of things that you want to add to your your kitchen that you're excited about. And then lastly on that tip is, not being afraid, and this this goes with meal prepping, and this goes with just food in general, to use seasoning, salt, oil, and butter. You know, I think we've we've kind of demonized that in a sense. I know salt was a little over-demonized. Yeah. And when you actually look at the research, they showed that 6% of the sodium intake came from the salt shaker at home, that it was mostly restaurants and these highly processed food. So yeah. don't be afraid to use the salt shaker at home and cut back on over-consuming the highly processed foods or overeating out. And then, because your vegetables and your food should taste absolutely delicious. I know you're so excited to eat the food you make. That's why you get creative and you remake a lot of these classics because you're not going to stay on this health journey if everything's super boring. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, so those are some of my biggest tips for meal prepping. I'm trying to think if there's like anything I left out, but <laughs> I love, I mean, that was, that was really great. Yeah. I think about, um, for me personally, something that, that has helped me a lot is realizing and reminding myself that it doesn't have to be boring and bland. I refuse. I will never be one of those people that just has like boiled chicken and broccoli 
which, you know, no shade. If you love that, great. That's amazing because it's healthy. But I will never be one of those people. Like, I feel like you see those photos of like, I feel like it's kind of more in the bodybuilder world where it's just like grilled chicken, broccoli, and it's the same meal every day. If you love that, more power to you. But it doesn't have to be that way. So for me, like, I will kind of switch off and I'll do, I'll just kind of guide, you know, go by my cravings. Like, hmm, what sounds good this week? I don't know, like a Thai noodle dish. And then maybe I'll do it with zucchini noodles instead, you know, and make the sauce from home. And you can prep a lot of stuff and you can put the sauce aside and then have the the zoodles prepped. And then all you have to do is pour it over. And um, there's so many different ways to do it and still enjoy the food that you love and also eat healthy. Totally. And you know, what's funny. I used to, I used to eat like more like that at one point or not like somewhat close to that. I, I like one of my uh, hot yoga instructors, he would call me chicken and broccoli. Cause I posted so much chicken and broccoli on my page. They're like, what's up chicken and broccoli. I'm, like, oh, great. I'm glad that that's my nickname. It's no, really but funny. even when I did that, I honestly had like more variety of color, just even vegetable wise and fruit wise. But yeah, you're you're not going to make it if you do too much of this extremely healthy long term. And and for people who are into more of these like simple foods, I still and I do this to myself, like challenge myself to try a recipe with more ingredients or more spices and it is more enjoyable. Like it can be intimidating cuz you see like maybe a longer list of things, but so that's just combining different spices and yeah. that little bit goes a long way. So I definitely agree with you on that. And, but you're great about that. That's actually been what I've been trying to do more recently is like make it even more fun, make it even more flavorful, which is why I did a, I did a 14 week culinary course for that reason, because I tend to like, I tend to stick to like more boring, healthy (laughs) food. But that's okay too. Like I said, it's really not like shade or judgment to anyone that does. Cause I have some friends that are just like, I actually like eating this way. And I'm like, great. Awesome. Absolutely. You know, I'm just one of those people that I really thrive in um, non-consistency. I'm like, I want to mix things up all the time and kind of follow my cravings in a little, you know, kind of in a way. But um, also, you brought up a really good point. Do not be afraid to use butter and salt because actually, I would argue that grass-fed organic butter or like butter that comes from pasture-raised cows is one of the healthiest things that you can consume. And so I'm like, put the butter in there. Also, um, salt, just if you can get pink salt or sea salt, just table salt, like regular iodized um, table salt, I wouldn't recommend. But otherwise, yeah, salt is not the enemy. We need salt for sodium for the electrolyte balance in our body. Totally. I mean, that was probably the past year or two that I also realized that with with butter, you know, I was I was using olive oil and avocado oil, but I was like some maybe somewhat afraid of butter. And I'm like, no, there's all these beneficial nutrients and it's higher in omega-3s if you get the grass fed and there's different other benefits to getting the grass fed. And I know it has CLA in it. So all this great yeah. stuff. Um, and for people who are more sensitive to lactose, there's ghee where the lactose is taken out. So those are some great options. And yeah, and and, and uh, well, you're totally tricked in that in that realm when we were looking at margin, obviously, where it was like canola oil and these fake things that are way worse for you than good old fashioned grass fed butter. <laughs> yes. If you are listening and still using margarine, for the love of God, please throw it away. Because butter, not only does it taste better than margarine, but it is infinitely better for you. Like I cannot even stress how bad margarine is for you. So just toss the margarine, go back to the butter and thank me later. Thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that was funny because I was talking with a friend about that the other day and he was like, wait, why would anyone have margarine? Because it's less healthy for you and then it tastes worse. So just yes. even if you were just doing for a taste, get the butter, you know? And Always I know the butter. I know for uh plant-based people that there's some other, there's like Mykonos for anyone mm-hmm. listening. That's a brand name that does make better um, vegan butter if people need that. I love Mykonos. That one's a great option if you're dairy-free or vegan. Yeah. Good call. Um, Let's see. What else did I want to... Oh, another thing I would love to go over with you because I get questions like this all the time in my Instagram. Juicing versus blending. Oh, yes. That's a great question. And so so for people listening, juicing really takes the fiber. You know, obviously when you juice, you have all that pulp 
that, you know, you can use, you can compost that. So the fiber is extracted from the vegetables and the fruit, which is fine if you're doing more vegetables. But if you're drinking lots of fruit juice, you're not going to slow the absorption of the fruit juice down. And so that's going to be a huge sugar spike. Your insulin's going to spike and you're going to have a crash later and it's just not healthy. So orange juice, yes, the ingredients are better than soda, but for your blood sugar wise, it's not any better. Your, your blood sugar is going to go on a roller coaster. So that's yeah. why I'm saying if, you, if you're juicing, either keep this. Oh, sorry. Just, either keep the portion small um, if you're doing fruit juice or do mostly vegetables with a little bit of fruit. And so I know I, the naked juice is a big oh, one that has 52 grams of sugar because it's mostly fruit. And then they, they trick you because it's like this green juice. I think it's called green machine. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's like, it has as much sugar in a Coke. And again, the ingredients are better, but blood sugar wise, not so much. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you brought up naked. So I did a post about this, like, man, it was a long time ago now. I feel like it was like eight years ago, but I think you can still find it on my website. Anyway, so the thing with the naked juice, when I found this out, I was so angry there is no nutritional value left in those juices because when they make their their fruit juice, I forgot what they call it. It says it on the ingredient label. I think pa- it says pasteurization. Like, yes, but I think it's also called con- maybe it's like concentrate. So it'll say like strawberry oh, juice concentrate. Yes, it's even worse. It's even worse. <laughs> and I, when I looked it up, you know what they do? They boil it down until it's a syrup, and at that point, you have lost all the vitamins, minerals, all the nutrients that make strawberries good for you and your body are completely lost. And at this point, it's literally just a sugar syrup. And then you have a combination of all the different sugar syrups. So the mango and the pineapple and the banana or whatever. And then sometimes like in green machine, they'll throw in some greens. But at that point, I don't even think the greens in there have retained any of their nutrients either. That is so ridiculous. Really and, and and that brings me to another point on the juices. If you're buying it in a store... So the prob- the other problem with a lot of the juices is they're pasteurized. So yes. that means they're under high heat, which which loses a lot of the nutrients when it comes to a juice. So if you're going to buy a juice at the store, then look for cold press. They do yeah. have those a lot, like Trader Joe's and stuff. But yeah, that's a, that's, great that's a good tip. And then, yeah. so obviously your other question was about blending, which, so you, in blending, obviously you have the whole fruit, you have the whole vegetable. So the fiber is still intact. So I would say with blending, you can actually add more fruit if you want to, because you do have the fiber in there. And then obviously the other thing I do like about blending is that you can make it a much more filling. You can add protein, you can add collagen, you can add, you know, unsweetened almond milk, oat milk, and really make it this filling, healthy, super shake. I think you're a fan of shakes. Um, I'm not, you are okay. I was like, I think I remember on our live, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But you can just fit so much into there. You know, you can add chia seeds, berries, spinach, kale, and that's what I do love about blending. Yeah. And well, and with blending, you can sneak in, you can get real sneaky and throw in like cauliflower <laughs> and stuff if you want. And you can taste it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I love no, about I, it. I know. I love throwing spinach in there because it doesn't have much of a taste. I will say one time I threw in arugula because we had it in the fridge. It's so bitter. Oof. And I threw in like a lot. I was like, why did I even, I was like, why did I think that? Because with spinach, you could add a pretty decent amount and can't taste it. And I like, yeah. so I was like, oh, this is going to go bad. And I was like, this, this shake tastes terrible. So, you know, maybe not arugula. <laughs> but don't do arugula. Stick with spinach. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I love that about blending. You know, and I will say, I hate that this conversation is always like, which one's better, juicing or blending? Which one we sh- should you do? Or I hear people fighting, saying like, juicing is better for you or blending is better. I'm like, neither. They serve different functions, you know? And it's depending on the day, depending on what you like better, um, depending on what your goals are. Because like you said, with the blending, you keep the fiber intact. But with juicing, um, I always say, don't uh, juice your fruit, only eat it. And eating it also goes under, you know, the smoothies because you just want to make sure you keep the fiber intact. Totally. Totally. And and yeah, I, I like juicing for vegetables. I mean, I know celery juice is way too overhyped, but it tastes good, I will say. Celery, because it doesn't it does. have much of a taste and you add a little bit of lemon. So I do like juicing vegetables. It is like lighter on your digestive system. Yeah, you're not digesting as much. You're not digesting the fiber and you get nutrients really quick. So as yeah. long as you're either making it yourself or buying 
the cold press version and it's mostly vegetables, you're good to go. Yeah. Well, and what I love so much about juicing, which is a great argument for juicing, is that think about how many vegetables go in there. You would never consume that much vegetables in one day. So it's just flooding your cells with nutrients. Absolutely. Yeah. When I'm hungover, I'm like, please give me a vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just give me an IV of it. (laughs) (laughs) I I get an IV of celery juice. Maybe we should start a business. I don't know what Seriously. would happen. <laughs> probably Sounds like not something actually medical medium would already do. <laughs> totally. He probably already has clinics in LA for it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so funny. Um, so for people listening, what are some of your favorite healthy snacks? Oh man, I have so many, but obviously nuts, nuts, nuts are the greatest snacks. So easy and portable. And yeah, sometimes I buy the lightly, I get raw. Sometimes I get lightly salted all good. Eat all the nuts. That's one of my favorites. And then I love like fruit with the fat. So like apples with peanut butter is such a good classic. Um, And actually, I usually have a protein shake as a snack. I mean, sometimes I have it for breakfast, but I also just like it as a a quick snack, super nutrient dense. And that's why I love chocolate protein because I'm like, when do you get to like have this chocolate protein shake? And like, this is like if you buy the right brand, it's super healthy, in my opinion. Yes, yes um, I agree. So those those are some of my go-tos. Dark chocolate, of course. I feel like most women can feel me on that. I mean, men too, but I guess my husband, I have to like hide the chocolate from him because he eats so much. Um, I love dark chocolate. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's so many out there. I used to be on a rice cake kick. Now I'm like, I ate too many of them. But I did like it because it was like just a vehicle for delicious ingredients like peanut butter, almond butter, throw some fruit on there. Um, and then I think yeah. one of my my favorites, and I want I'm, maybe you probably do this naturally, I call it like PB&J remix. Instead of getting jelly or jam, you mash up your own fruit, you mash up raspberries, you can cut up strawberries, and you put that in a, in a peanut butter sandwich. And it was like, I feel like that's how it's supposed to be. When did we make this thing called jelly that's mostly high fructose corn syrup in, you know, the main brands? Uh, boggles it's my mind. terrible. I know, same. You know, and if you want that kind of a little bit more jelly consistency, you can add chia seeds to it and let it sit for like 20 minutes till it gels up a little bit. And then you get fiber on top of that. And it's really good. I agree. And it's I, probably more cost efficient too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Normally, I would just mash up the raspberries, but um, lately, I've been heating them up in a pan with, like, a teaspoon of maple syrup, and then you can add a teaspoon. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's ridiculous. That sounds amazing. Now I want a PB&J remix. (laughs) Yes. I'll bring that. You make the mac and cheese. We'll be set. (laughs) All the childhood favorites upgraded. We're winning. (laughs) We are winning. I love that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I want to know some of your favorite food hacks. I'll share examples of some of my favorite ones to give you an idea. So I love this maybe kind of an unpopular opinion, but I like doing cauliflower rice sometimes in place of rice. And this is not to vilify rice. I still eat rice and I love it. Um, but sometimes I do cauliflower rice instead as well. Or I love like sneaking veggies into, like I said earlier, smoothies, like throwing in cauliflower in um, into smoothies or sneaking vegetables into tomato sauce. I used to do this a lot when I nannied for um, these little girls because they would refuse to eat any vegetables. And I would basically just blend in. I would um, saute some other veggies and blend it into the tomato sauce so they didn't even know it was there. No, I think those are great. Yeah, I think people... Yeah, freak out like, oh my God, you're demonizing rice by eating cauliflower rice. I'm like, first of all, some of us are volume eaters. Yeah. So we need hacks to, so we can eat more volume and, you know, maintain a weight that we want to maintain and get more vegetables in. So, yeah. you know, black and white, we're done with that. But um, I love I cauliflower. There's like memes that like cauliflower can now replace your best friend or something, but it's so <laughs> versatile. It really not is. literally. But because um, cauliflower mash is also one of my favorites. Oh, I mean, so good. it's so good. It's so good. So that's one of my go-tos. Obviously, I did bring up the salad jars are an easy hack, I would say. I mean, honestly, salad jars, egg cooker, and the the fruit and, and sub for jam are like my top three hacks. Love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of on the similar page as you. And oh, spaghetti squash and zoodles, I will say. I go between which one I like more, but 
Sometimes I'm really feeling spaghetti squash because I want that flavor. I, I don't know. Spaghetti squash with turkey or grass-fed ground beef marinara is like heaven to me, especially when it's in the it. winter months. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I fully agree. And again, it's not to vilify pasta because I still eat pasta too, but sometimes I actually want the spaghetti squash. It's so good. Spaghetti squash is delicious. I know. It really I, is. I, okay, but there's one that I used to think, so they, they, these things called miracle noodles, shirataki, and I think I ate them when I had my eating disorder, so they freaked me out for a while because they are like zero-calorie noodles, and it's just so, yeah. so weird. But my husband got into them recently, and if you soak them in water, you have to rinse them. I, have you had them before? I have, yeah. You definitely oh, yeah. need to rinse them. You you have to rinse them and prepare them the right way. But it's kind of nice. Like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, you eat pasta, you eat pasta. But if you're a volume eater and, like, want to just have your way with some food, it's such a – that one is also a really interesting hack. And I and I hear the fiber is actually beneficial for you. Yeah. So – yeah. yeah, no, it's it's really good. As long as you don't get yourself into like an eating disorder place where you're, you know, just trying to do low calorie and eating as little as possible, that's where it's dangerous. But if you allow yourself yeah, that, an array. Yeah, that absolutely happened to me. I, I mean, I remember a time when I was obsessed with zero calorie everything. Like mm. you look in the store and you look at the zero calorie sauces and I'm, it's not a good place to be. No, no, because then at that point, you're you're mentally not doing super well, you know? And again, this is not a judgment, but it's like you're constantly fighting yourself and your hunger in your own mind. Totally. And and marinara sauce is so great. Like, yes, I'm going to be healthy. afraid of the calories in marinara sauce. So, know. you know, I'm glad I'm way past that. Um, but, you know, that's why it's such a fine balance, because obviously when you're losing weight, you know, it is, it is easier to go for like more of the... Uh, Lower calorie, like high volume foods, but there's a difference between also like lower calorie and then being obsessed with like zero calorie, like everything, obviously. Yeah, I agree. And most of the time, those zero zero calorie or low calorie foods that are advertised that way are not good for you either, you know? Absolutely not. No, you know, like it'd be better just watching your portion on some like paleo mayonnaise or, you know, but there's also some more exactly. natural sauces, obviously, marinara mustard, um, unsweetened ketchup. I love sauces too. (laughs) I do too. Oh, and this is actually a really good point and a huge component, um, for health in general, but also if you're trying to lose weight, uh, make sure that your sauces don't have sugar in them. Cause a lot of salad dressings have sugar in them. A lot of marinara sauces have sugar in them. Um, across the board, a lot of those dressings and sauces have sugar. So I usually either make it at home or I get a lot of stuff from primal kitchen. Because they Primal make a Kitchen lot of amazing. I know. Amazing. I'm like, they've really done a good job, which is why I usually call it like paleo dressings, which is Primal Kitchen, basically. But if yeah. you look up like paleo, but it, you know, you can Google search like any paleo dressing, paleo ketchup. Usually it'll have no added sugar, all that stuff. I know it is crazy the amount of sugar. I, I hear like certain canned soup that, you know, that are savory soups that you would not think have sugar have added sugar to them. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Save your sugar for where it counts. Do you know why they do it? Make it addictive? Uh, Make it addictive, but also because, and again, because of the way it's processed. So it loses its flavor oftentimes because they're Mm -hmm. just the way they're processing it. So sugar is like a nice enhancer of flavor uh, instead of actually just making it better. (laughs) Making it with better seasoning. Just do better. Stop throwing (laughs) sugar at everything. (laughs) You know, I thought of two more hacks that I'm really loving lately. Um, hear me out. I love making Brussels sprouts rice. So you blend, you just throw the your Brussels sprouts. I chop them a little bit and then I throw them in the Vitamix for like five seconds because you don't want to go too crazy. And then I saute them over the stove, either in butter or avocado oil, put different seasonings on it. And it is so good. Actually, I love doing that and doing like half Brussels sprouts rice and half rice and then mix it together and do some sort of like grass-fed beef. It's so Is good. that on your Instagram? Because I want to make that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I haven't posted about it in a long time. I'll post about it sometime soon. I'll okay. do another one. But I, I'll see if I can find it because it's pretty far down on my Instagram. I haven't done it in a while. But <laughs> um, that or there's also this brand called Palmini that makes hearts of palm pasta. Have you seen this yet? I've seen it. I haven't tried it, though. It's good. I actually really like it a lot. And I had a girlfriend over for dinner a couple months ago who is – 
Um, she doesn't really care as much about eating healthy. Like she's just more like, you know, kind of eating whatever. And she tried the Palmini pasta and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then she asked me for like, she, I had to send her a photo later of what it was so she could buy it. It's, it's really oh, good. Wow. I know. I love those, those foods where pe- like, you know, the typical wellness health person really likes it. And you're like, ha ha, I got you. <laughs> yes. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. So those are good, fun little hacks. Um, Well, before we go, I want to ask you, because I ask all of my guests this, what are some of your health non-negotiables? So these are things that no matter how busy your day is, that you do no matter what to um, just better your health. And that can be foods that you make sure you eat every day. I don't know if you do like a meditation or whatever it is, things that you do to take care of yourself and your health. Um. I, I always like I have three things I have to nourish my mind I have to nourish my body and then I have to nourish my nutrition so those Love are that. my three non-negotiables and for me you know the mind usually like I've either listened to a podcast in a day I do something that you know educates me lifts me up listen to a positive person talk to a positive friend number two is some form of movement I love working out. It's like the best stress reliever. But even just walking, hiking, any form of movement, I'm not going to be sedentary all day. And then number three is that at least one of my meals, but usually more than that, are is extremely nutrient dense. So it's got to have vegetables. It's got to have protein. And it's got to make me feel good. I just I can't go a whole day just eating junk food. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Well, for everyone listening, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. It's at Meow Mikes, Meow, M-E-I-X. And then I'm also on TikTok. I'm trying, you know, we're trying videos out. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's where you'll catch me, usually serving up some food or maybe showing you my latest workout. But that's about it. Yeah, go follow her, guys. She's a great follow on Instagram. A lot of of value, valuable information. Thank you so much, though. This was such a fun podcast. I love your questions. And thank you're just you. such a beauty inside and out, really. Thank you. That's so sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a really fun conversation for me. I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week.